Hi friends, Evelina here. Welcome to the Homecomings Podcast, an audible initiative sharing vulnerable conversations with purpose-driven creatives on their life journeys, all with the intention to inspire people listening to discover the meaning of home in their own lives and come deeper back to their truest versions of self. We use home as a metaphor to represent all that beckons comfort, familiarity, and belonging for your unique life journey. Whether that's through the work that you do, the people you surround yourself with, or the things that bring you the most joy in life, Because to live a life with more home means to live a more mindful and beautiful life. And isn't that the greatest intention for us all? I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hello, friends. Happy Tuesday. Happy Pod Tuesday, week five. I'm so pumped. I'm always pumped, but this one I'm really pumped for. Jamie Harina is on the show today, and I'm really excited for a number of reasons. One, the talking points that we dive into in this conversation are so special and so magical. But two, it's it's an intimate one. It's a little bit more of a vulnerable in this one for a couple of reasons. One, Jamie's story is so powerful and transformational, and she is so open and vulnerable in sharing her journey in how she navigated so many wild rock bottom moments in her life, ultimately leading her to bring her to the work she does today, which is coaching and transformational strategy for business owners and just heart-centered humans who are looking to change their lives. Um, But number two, Jamie and I worked together personally. She was my coach, my life and business coach for well over a year and a half. Um, Five months into starting my business, Jamie sent me a cold DM on Facebook. I was like, what is going on? (laughs) I had known who Jamie was. We didn't go to the same high school, but we were from neighboring towns. Um, My hometown in Connecticut um, neighbored, actually the town that my parents currently live in, which is where I'm recording this introduction from. uh, We had gone to neighboring high schools together and we had a lot of mutual friends in common. So I had always known about Jamie. We never spoke directly. So when she DM me on Facebook, randomly five months into the start of my business, I'm like, like, whoa, hey, like what's going on? And I had been following her for a bit because I had seen on Facebook, she was sharing all of this empowering, amazing content, but I didn't know exactly what she was doing. So she had reached out to me because she had seen me starting to share some of my content around my business and essentially was trying to get a feel for where I'm at, um, pitching me her coaching services. And at the time, I I mentioned in this episode, I was seeking support in my business. Um, Five months in, I mentioned in the beginning of or my first episode that I was supported right off the gates. I jumped ship from my agency job and God truly had my back. He sent clients my way. I was getting work. I was getting money. I didn't die like I thought I was going to die when I started my business. So everything was going okay. But I was burning out. I was saying yes to everything because I'm like, yes, I need more money. I need to do this. Um, it just all the things truly, I have so much compassion for that version of myself. And I realized like that version of Evelina absolutely needs needed to happen in order for me to survive in that moment. But I knew it wasn't sustainable and I was burning out. And so Jamie DM me five months into my business, just when I was starting to plateau a bit. And I just think like, oh my gosh, divine timing is such a magical thing because I think if she hadn't reached out, I'm sure I would have gotten support in another way or something else would have unfolded. But she was that person that I needed in my life. And we had gotten on a call. I still was 
truthfully very confused at how she was going to support me and help me. But there was just this internal knowing like this unexplainable, I need to work with her or do this or invest in this that I really couldn't explain. Again, I mentioned in the first episode, there's this push and pull between decisions made from logic and decisions made from the heart. And this was a heart decision, a heart decision and a hard decision. I will say, um, actually hard in, in an interesting context, because I knew internally, like the knowing was there. I'm like, I'm so committing to this, but what felt really terrifying was the investment because coaching, especially for the coaching that Jamie does, it wasn't cheap. And it was the most money that I had ever invested in anything personal self-development of that nature. I mean, I'd never done coaching before. Um, I had been working with a therapist a couple of years or so prior. Um, but I think insurance was covering, like, this was just like a whole different type of caliber of investment. Um, luckily I had been living at home at the time. So I wasn't, I didn't have to worry about rent. Thankfully, bless my parents, um, outside of, you know, a couple bills here and there to support them. But this was my rent. This was my monthly rent that I was investing um, in getting support that I didn't even know that I needed. And what was, I will say, hard in air quotes was the uncertainty. But again, all the while, there was that knowing of like, I know I need to do this. But with something like coaching, you're not getting like a tangible, quantifiable, this is what you're going to get at the end of our work together, right? Like, Coaching is something very subjective and you just kind of go in with the trust and knowing that I need this person um, or I need the support in my life in order to get me to the next level. Because what I'm doing right now is tough. And if someone has walked my path, my journey, and has done it and has proven success, and if they could teach me something and make my life easier, I'm going to invest. And I did. And it literally changed my life. (laughs) And we get into all of that in today's episode. So when I share this one is vulnerable and very open, it definitely is. I'm sharing my experience working with Jamie. We're talking about our personal life blocks. We're talking about the struggles we've navigated. Jamie so beautifully shares how she came into coaching, how she found personal development, or rather she actually said how personal development found her in a truly rock bottom moment in her life and how she works with clients to help them really transform and change their lives around. And, oh man, this one is, again, it's personal, but it also gets emotional. There is emotion in this episode. We both tear up because we just touch on so many just beautiful things. That's all I could say. Like this work, especially when it comes to changing people's lives is so intimate and so vulnerable that the tears were inevitable in this conversation and we let them flow as we dove into talking about powerful transformation stories and how Jamie has changed lives, truly has changed lives. So I'm, I'm really excited for you all to listen to this. Um, Jamie also leaves everyone with so many tangible takeaways and just nuggets for how they can start to think about um, their mindset. Because a lot of the work that she does is around belief systems. And, you know, a lot of us are operating with, you know, I forget the number. There's a stat of like tens of thousands of thoughts that we have every single day. And the majority of them are like negative and trying to derail us and keep us safe. So Jamie works very intimately with the mind and our thoughts and our belief systems and is able to like truly like a magician identify them and is able to see 
what exactly these beliefs are telling us and also empowers us on how to shift them. So there's a lot of that in this conversation. And we end with a really lovely, um, I will say kind of a, a bit for me, it was a full circle moment. And, you know, Jamie came into my life to support me and has changed my life truly for the better. But what was really unexpected in our work together was how I was able to support her in her business um, towards, I would say, yeah, this was within the last year of us working together. Jamie was in a process of coming to align deeper with her business and asked me for support in helping to do that in branding, brand strategy, brand identity. And we get into this in the episode and I share the intimidation was so real. I'm like, wait a second. I'm going to have to coach my coach on how she should, like what her business should look like and what she does. And oh man, the lessons garnered from that experience were so powerful. And we get into that um, on just stepping into your power truly and just acknowledging for both Jamie and I and her experiences through coaching and in my experiences working with clients of like, we're so good at what we do, you know? And sometimes we just need a reflector, a mirror to mirror that back for us and tell us like, you got this, like you totally got this. And I left working with Jamie, not only personally and in my business, having truly up-leveled in so many different ways, but also having garnered that takeaway of, wow, I got this. Like I'm doing this business. What I'm doing is actually really amazing. And I just hold so much gratitude in my heart for for Jamie and the work that she's doing in the world. And I hope that everyone listening is able to leave with whatever tangible takeaways or wisdom nuggets that align with them because Jamie is truly a treasure trove of so much goodness. So without further ado, please tune into this lovely conversation with my dear friend and coach, Jamie Harina. I'm so happy to have you. How are you doing? I'm amazing. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, I am so good. I'm so excited for this conversation. I feel like it's going to be really, really magical. Um, the first question I love to just kick off with is asking about you, who you are. I, I lead with the question, who is X? <laughs> who is Jamie Harina? And as I was dreaming into this conversation, actually, and just dreaming into the questions I want to ask you, I was sitting with a recent conversation that I had with a friend um, that led me to also ask a follow-up question to the who is Jamie Harina question. Um, I grabbed lunch with my friend when I was in St. Petersburg, Florida a couple weeks ago, and she is a powerful soul who's doing just magical work in the world. And she was sharing with me a little bit of her journey, some just wild things that she's navigated in her life. And at the end of it, she expressed to me, you know, I know why God put me through all this. She's like, I wouldn't have been able to do the work that I'm doing now if I haven't navigated all of those things. And so now when clients come to her who, I mean, have endured the worst of the worst, traumas, insecurities, hardships, she's able to show up for them and hold space because she's lived through those experiences. And so I'd love to know, because your journey has been so incredible, how have 
your experiences shaped the work that you're doing today and feel free to speak to whatever you know moments and you know opportunities that you've had you've navigated along your journey all the while answering that question who is jamie herena (laughs) i mean people have the traditional answer right they lead by a title they leave by their role in their family but for me i always think who am i not right like i'm anything that i want to be in any given day and i lead with whatever title or role i feel like being that day And so whether it's the title of a mother, whether it's the title of a transformational strategist, a speaker, a soon-to-be author, even just a human being, a woman, whatever it is, for me, being able to expand from the boxes of a label, right, is, is where I feel my power is. And really, it's the mission that I share with people every single day is you can break from the molds that society has placed on you to be all that you are in any given moment. And so for me, being a transformational strategist, what happened in my life, I I was a child of um, born into a family of heroin addicted mom and dad. I was actually a heroin child at birth. And I was born into gang affiliation, physical abuse, sexual abuse, starting from two years old up until I turned 13. And so a lot of what I help people do every single day is understand their past so that they can forgive it and move on from it while preserving the learnings and the lessons from it. Because your past is all that you have ever wanted it to be if you preserve the learnings. We can't go back and change it. We can just go back and see it differently if we so choose it. We can use it as fuel or we can use it as the extinguisher of our purpose, of our potential. And so my goal and my journey through um, my experiences in my life really is to show people that their history doesn't have to repeat itself, but it could be the very thing that they build their momentum on. I love that so much. It it brings me to think about one of my favorite books that I've read, um, The Values Factor by Dr. Dean Martini. I actually have it like, it's actually like literally right here on my desk because <laughs> I reference it like all the time. But he talks about um, the, the idea of living life with challenges. And I think he uses the word voids. When you live your life and you go through a really like whatever it is, hardship, trauma, challenge, in essence, that you can consider that being a void. And so using that void almost as leverage to then essentially establish your values and what you're hungry for life about. So can you speak a little bit on how you specifically help people do that? Like if someone comes to you with something like a hardship or, you know, a trauma and they can't see outside of themselves, they're in this bubble, we can call it the victim mindset, right? Life is happening to them, not for them. What do you do? Yeah, I mean, it's a powerful question because, you know, as a mental and emotional release therapist and someone who's familiar with NLP as a master practitioner, the number one thing that we do is we understand the belief. So how we get to the belief is by asking a series of questions to understand what that person even thought about the situation. And so when there is a big T trauma or even a little T trauma, we go back to the moment and we try to get as much information of the moment as we can. And we start to 
um, understand the patterns. So our life is just a cycle of patterns and habits and beliefs and feelings and emotions, right? And so when we understand that it's just a pattern of those things, we can dissect it and see it as a puzzle versus an identity. But so many times people attach identity to their story, to a belief that doesn't serve them. And so for me, as an example, I'll give you an example to kind of really put it into true time for you. Um, one of my beliefs was that I wasn't good enough or one of my triggers is abandonment, right? And how that shows up in my life is perfectionism. And so I play perfect so that I don't get abandoned. Mm. And so it's something that I've worked so hard on, but it's I can still see it um, sometimes in my life where I actually have to like take a step back and correct because I'm like, oh no, we're not going down that rabbit hole again. But what happened was I went back to my story. And so I can remember, <clears throat> um, there's one moment in particular I can remember wanting to spend time with my dad and him not coming home that day. So my mother dropped me off to my dad. He agreed that he was going to come back with a Subway sandwich <laughs> and he never came back. The little details. And he, yeah, and it, like I waited at the window and I waited and I waited and I waited and he never came back. And it's something as small as that created a belief that I wasn't enough, that I wasn't lovable and the fear of abandonment. And so for me, I was like, oh, well, if I did better here or if I showed up better, maybe he would have come back. So what a, what's wrong with me mm. to where he would show up for me in the future? Like, what did I have to change? And so did all any of that happen from his perspective? Did I have to change anything from his perspective? No. But our brains like to take our life situations and old stories and create a belief. But here's the powerful, powerful thing. It doesn't normally happen that a belief just occurs like that. There were other smaller T traumas that must have led up to that moment to where I made a decision that that was a belief. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so there were other instances in my life where let's say my mother left me at my grandmother's and didn't come back for the night. Let's say um, she didn't tuck me into bed that night. She went out that night, right? So there were these little instances that happened over time that still pulled that emotion out of me, that feeling out of me, and then in a moment solidified it with my dad. Yeah. And so my job as a strategist is to hear the stories and to see when the decision was made and where the decision was made. And then we work off of that to reframe it and to learn the lesson, preserve the learnings. And so for me, my ability to see that, no, that doesn't mean that my dad doesn't love me. It doesn't mean that he wanted to abandon me. And it doesn't mean that I needed to be better. It just means that in that moment, he chose what he wanted to do without even considering me. I wasn't even a thought. But the fact that I took it personal was from my perspective, but from his perspective, it could have been completely different. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And when you reframe it in your mind, you have a better opportunity to create a different story. And so my job as a strategist is to see the patterns, see the emotions, understand obviously with compassion and love and reframe it 
reframe the beliefs. Yeah. And I'm a living testament (laughs) to the reframing, having worked with you, Jamie. When you came into my life, it's so interesting because I reflect on this sometimes and I think, you know, there's divine timing and synchronicities for everything. I don't believe anything is just like a random occurrence. And at the time, I didn't necessarily even know that I needed you. Well, I guess, yes, I will say that. I didn't know that I needed someone like you in my life to guide me with where I was. This was to give people context. It's like May, May 2021. <laughs> I'm five into have, having just started my freelance design business. And when I made the jump that felt so incredibly scary, it was, it was a lot, but I was very quickly supported by the universe. Like it felt like clients came out of the woodwork. Um, But then at that point, five months in, I was almost, I was reaching a plateau. I had been burning myself out, overextending myself. Um, And then I I see a very, again, not so random DM (laughs) from you in my Facebook. And we started the conversation and we got on a discovery call and I'm like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that I needed someone like you in my life because I think I was searching for someone who was a mix between, I don't want to call you a therapist, but I really was like, I I had done therapy before and I felt like, oh, I could use some therapy again in my life. (laughs) But I wanted the person to be, I don't know, the word holistic is coming more to mind. Like I didn't want them to just do regular talk therapy and look at, you know, my personal problems, but like I was now navigating a business and So when we started our collaboration together, it was so wild for me to witness not only the effect of within my personal life, but also in business, which you do such a fantastic job at doing both. And the question I want to ask you next, and this is something that um, really has sat with me and I continue to revisit from the day that we started working together is we can call it your philosophy in coaching, which is there's no such thing as business problems. It's personal problems that lead into business. So speak, speak a little bit about that. Like when people hear that, they're like, what? Cause I know when I, you mentioned that to me first on the discovery call, I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> so what is that? What does that mean? <laughs> so for me, my belief is that personal things hold us back from showing up authentically as ourselves in business. Now, I'm not saying there aren't business issues. I'm saying that there are beliefs that tend to hold us back from even showing up in our business. And so when something in our business is arising, normally it's an invitation to see what's happening in your personal life. A lot of times what I find is that there is a belief of doing too much, selling too much, not being enough, what people think, being inauthentic, feeling like a fraud. There's all of these limiting beliefs that tend to show up in our business. And we then think, oh my gosh, clients aren't attracted to me. What am I doing wrong? And it tends to bring people down this spiral of thoughts. And then they wonder why their business is slowing down, but they don't realize that the reason why their business is slowing down is because they've let the thoughts take up so much space in their minds to where they aren't actually doing the tasks that are required to build a business, the income producing activities, which are the reach outs, it's the connections, it's the content, it's the creation, right? It's the um, conversations, it's the clients. They stop doing that because they start pulling back and focusing on all of the thoughts that are in their mind that are actually holding them back. (laughs) 
And so it needs to be an and with process versus a one or the other process. Building business is the synergistic approach of elevating yourself as an individual and growing into the person that you um, desire to become to be able to have the lifestyle that you desire. And so for me, we wouldn't see the things that arise in business as problems. They would just be another piece of the puzzle, <clears throat> piece of the puzzle that we have to accomplish, complete. So I don't believe that there's business problems. I feel like there are business challenges and things that need to happen as you expand into a different arena or expand into a different level of success. But the problems are 99% in here. Yeah. Yeah. And I can say that I'm a testament <laughs> to that because when we had identified my limiting belief, which essentially was very similar to yours, not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy enough. And I had very similar tendencies of perfectionism, people pleasing, not setting boundaries, all the things that after reframing that, and for people wondering, what does reframing mean? Essentially what Jamie does is she takes you through a breakthrough session, which is a weekend long intensive of Man, I mean, how would you describe it? It's talking modality. It's this hypnosis meditation. I mean, it's it's all modality in a weekend to help unlock and and rattle the belief systems in your mind so that we can eradicate the greater problems. So, in layman terms, <laughs> go through your soul and rip out the fucking problem. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and Jamie is such a wizard at this because after. Um, that weekend for me, I was able to very clearly see like, wow, okay, this is for, this is two years ago. So I'm 31 now. So at, for 29 years of my life, I've been living with this belief that has been a part of me, but I wasn't necessarily conscious of. And it was so interesting to now have it basically be, have pulled, you pulled it out of me. And I was able to bear witness to all the patterns and behaviors. And then the, what the process looked like over the course of, you know, our coaching together is then essentially breaking those patterns in real time because they, you know, they would appear, I would have to catch myself in the moment of like, oh shit, I'm doing that thing where I'm not setting the boundary or whatnot, but it's not coming from a place anymore of unworthiness because I know that's not true. So let's yeah. just like flip the script and like choose to do a different behavior in that yeah. moment. And it's work, you know, it sounds for people listening, they're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. <laughs> it's, it's simple, but it's also not like it really takes a lot of conscious awareness and focus to do it. But I will say it, it starts there. It really does. Because I have I can say for myself, after having worked with you, Jamie, there were so many shifts that I had witnessed. And yeah. I want to go to almost the other side of, you know, because the pendulum always swings one way back and forth. And so having recognized that at the beginning, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like <laughs> personal problems, what personal problems? We had identified them. Okay, great. So now I'm moving forward. Last year, absolutely crushed my year in business. I mean, it was incredible. I hit my revenue goal. I crossed my six figure mark, which was always this beautiful desire that I never thought was going to be possible, but I did it and it just flowed to me and it was so amazing. And then I think it was, I think it was actually our last coaching call that we had earlier in the year. I had noticed business slowing down a little bit and some stagnation. And it's almost like my mind lashed onto the complete opposite narrative of like, oh, my personal life is not okay, which means my business isn't okay. 
And you so quickly pulled it out and we were like, oh, hold on a second. So the question I want to ask is what is that like fine line of life and business? Because I felt, felt caught myself really skewing the other <laughs> like way, the pendulum swung the other way. So what is the balance there? Yeah. I mean, but here's the thing. It's dependent on the, the deficits. And so every person has an area of their life that they're not the greatest in. And so, especially when it comes to building a business, we have to understand that we're not going to be great at everything. And that's where delegation and outsourcing is like so freaking incredible. Amen. Because if you want to continue to scale your business and you know you can't be everywhere at once, you have to be willing to kind of take a back seat and teach and train other people how to complete your deficits how to run in the areas that you're not the greatest at so that you can continue to scale now so that you can continue to pour into the areas that you aren't the great at, or just solo run on the part that you're incredible at. People have to make that decision for themselves and understand kind of where they want to advance in and where they don't. And so for me, everything is in a season, right? There's that sprint and purge season for some people. There's the just consistently building. There's the crazy momentum where you're like, where the frick did all of these clients come in? Like, I've got to set the systems in place. I've got to do this. I've got to make sure everything is perfect and, and, and good for my clients to feel like the onboarding process is smooth, the coaching process is smooth, the offboarding process is smooth. And so it's all in the season. So there isn't going to be a one shop fix all for every single person, but that's where strategy comes into play because I see people come to me at all walks of life. Their business is scaling, but their, their heart set isn't right. Mm -hmm. They are doing all of these incredible things in business, but they're neglecting their health. They're neglecting their family. Their wives are saying, Hey, I want to leave you because you aren't giving me a freaking second of your time. And your business is taking precedence over your family, Mm -hmm. right? And so really, it just depends on where they are in the season. But I think something that's really important for me to um, make a comment about is that when I say I go in there and I rip out the problem, it doesn't mean that you're broken. Mm, It doesn't mean that you are a problem, right? Part of what I do is help people gain so much awareness and love and compassion for that version of themselves that they needed to be to survive in that moment. Yes. And so when we look back at our past experiences, we don't feel bad for ourselves. We just have an overwhelming amount of empathy and compassion and love because those beliefs were built to keep you safe. At one point in your life, they were your armor to keep you safe. But now that you've began to be the the butterfly that leaves the cocoon, you're realizing that that old skin no longer serves this new version of you that you would like to become. So it's time to leave it in the past, but that doesn't mean that it was bad. Yeah, I'm so glad that you have commented on that because I think one thing for me that, you know, time and time again, you know, I'll fall victim to this still. It's it's that being hard on yourself, um, you know, because the, the pattern and I, I'm actually curious to know, like, because I've heard a lot of different opinions on this on this is does that pattern ever truly go away? Right. Because it was so deeply ingrained in you. Granted, you have awareness for it. You can catch it so much quicker. But I think for me, I'll speak just to myself, is this tendency to still sometimes fall back in that, like being hard on yourself. 
And this is where I've really had to lean into forgiveness and compassion. Like that word is so, ooh, compassion. Yes, seeing the past versions of you and acknowledging them and accepting them and meeting them exactly where they're at and to what you shared, it's knowing that they had to show up for you to get you through. And I just always like to think of it in the sense that I like to think of myself in the present. Like where I am today is I'm so proud of myself. Like I'm freaking, you know, killing my business. I'm crushing it, you know, and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for all those past versions. And that's like a little breath of like, ah, like a relief, <laughs> like an exhale. So I'm curious to know, like when it comes to the, the unblocking, right, the identifying of those patterns, do those patterns ever, ever really leave you? Or is it just a constant work to just bring awareness to them and just meet them where they're at? Yeah. So Michael Singer, Mickey Singer, my homie, <laughs> he's an incredible author. He is the author of the surrender experiment as well as the untethered soul. Such a good book. He says it so beautifully that our bodies were designed to keep us safe, right? That's something I, I just said a couple of moments ago. They're designed to keep us safe. And we have something called the monkey mind, the monkey brain, and the monkey brain never shuts up. Right. I like to look at it as the contrast. And so when you know that the monkey mind never shuts up, our job is to just be the witnesser. Okay. And so those thoughts are going to continue to come because that's part of our job. Our, our job as humans back in the day was survival and protection. Right. And so understanding that we were actually wired for that gives us again the empathy and compassion to just witness the thought and make a decision consciously on whether you want to opt into that thought or not so many people struggle to believe that there is an unconscious and a conscious mind the unconscious is the wiring right that the instant wiring the belief systems all of that but now it's time for our conscious mind the witnesser to be like i choose to not opt into that that doesn't serve me i don't want it I'm going to do this instead. But people don't realize that there are those separations, right? And they just believe that their thoughts are their, them. Their thoughts are their identity. But it's not the case. And if that you feel is your identity, I want you to understand that we don't have to think about breathing. Mm. We don't have to think about waking up in the morning. We don't have to think about how to chew or how to swallow. We just kind of do that stuff automatically. And so when you have that understanding that our bodies are always working for us and not necessarily against us, even though sometimes we wanna believe that our bodies are working against us, we get to be the witnesser of the experience. And so our belief systems, the, the thoughts that come up, I believe that they're going to be there, but you have to make the choice of what you want to believe, mm. which ones you're going to opt into. Now, the programming comes into place when it becomes harder to see the difference because we want to believe that we aren't good enough, a part of us, because it keeps us safe from then expanding and, and reaching for the stars. But that's where I believe that there are so many tools around law of attraction and energetic healing and manifestation and quantum physics that begin to rewire you for the ability to feel something different. It doesn't mean the thoughts are gonna disappear. It's gonna mean that you're gonna be able to discern which ones you want to listen to and which ones you don't. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, that's so powerful. It's, it's really, it's an everyday game. Like you, you really, you have to be committed to it. But I think, and I will just share in my experience, it, it gets easier. I think when you first come to bear witness to the fact that, oh, oh, okay, this isn't really like, it, you mean, they, people say like, oh, the veil's being lifted and all that. Like you're just garnering a little bit more consciousness and awareness. It does get easier. Um, and I think about some of the things that used to trigger me or bother me and they don't anymore. And in hindsight, I'm like, oh, you know, and that's a testament. That's definitely a testament to the work. I definitely um, think it gets easier. Like for me, when I am thinking of being the witnesser of what's going on in my mind, I truly do see, I'm like, in my mind, I'm dissociated from that version of Jamie and I'm watching her watch the thoughts go by. Mm. And so I'm witnessing her have the human experience of doubt, belief systems that no longer serve her, fear, inadequacy, whatever it is. And I'm watching her watch the thoughts. Mm. That's so interesting. So I am the witnesser of what she's experiencing, which then gives me that level of being like, oh my gosh, let me love on her even more. Mm. Like she, she's really going through it. Look at all of these thoughts that are going by her right now. How can I support this version of her with what she's experiencing? So even doing that gives you that level of empathy for this person that is you, but it's not you. It's you that's afraid. When you look at that person as that former version of you that's struggling with these thoughts, these beliefs, it leaves you wanting to help and serve them right? And it does get easier. It really does. There's some old belief systems that I don't opt into at all anymore. But then there are those hardwired ones that do take a little bit longer to be like, actually, no, I don't like it anymore. I'm going to go try this, this new belief instead. So yeah, yeah, I love that putting yourself almost as like a third person removing yourself from the first and putting yourself in third. Mommy doesn't like this anymore. (laughs) 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 Uh, I want to, I want to jump now. I actually want to go back to a little bit of your story, um, Jamie, Um, specifically the beginnings of what you're doing today, which is coaching um, and really doing the work that you just explained that you do that is so powerful and transformative. So how how did this come to be? Take me back to the very, very early days. You've been in this space now for seven years. Is that right? Oh my gosh. It'll, I'm going on 10. 10. Okay. 10 years. Which <laughs> is so wild. So, so wild. When you, as I was mentioning earlier, when you dropped that DM in my Facebook two years ago, I, cause I had been following your stuff here and there on Facebook, but I didn't really know what you were doing. And at that point, I didn't really know what like a coach was. <laughs> and so I can only imagine that 10 years ago, this space was even more, just not as common. Cause now I'm on Instagram and maybe my algorithm is biased because I feel like I only ever follow coaches and self-help people, <laughs> but you see them everywhere. So maybe set the scene for us 10 years back. What did the coaching space look like? And how did you really get into this? What was your foray, (laughs) your intro into this space? Well, what's interesting is personal development found me first. Mm. So at this point in my life, I was married 
um, a new mom to two amazing little girls that were both under the age of three years old. So I was super young, super burnt out, married, and still dealing with the mounds of trauma that I had experienced in my childhood. And so I really felt lost between postpartum depression, learning a marriage, learning how to find identity in myself, being you know, 20, 21 years old, still figuring out myself and being a mom and a wife. I was at this place where I didn't even know who I was and I was really unhappy. <laughs> so how can I be happy in a relationship when I wasn't even happy with myself? And so I decided at 21 to leave my marriage. I, I left and I, you know, I, I will say that me leaving was me choosing me and it was the hardest decision that I had to make. I don't regret anything, but my ex-husband was an incredible man. And I sabotaged my relationship because of my own feeling of inadequacy. Mm. And so we all have these learnings and these lessons that we get to experience throughout life. But at that point, I had left him with $48 to my name. I said, keep everything. I'm going to figure it out by myself. I had an, an old kind of beat up Durango completely paid off, like almost 200,000 miles on it. And I was like, it's just fine. I'll figure it out. I moved into an apartment. I would hear gunshots at night. It was a really great, <laughs> great experience. And I had my daughters there and I was like, I'm going to freaking figure this out. It was one of the hardest experiences that I went through mentally because I was by myself in my own thoughts. There was this season where the girls had went with their dad for Christmas. It was my first time not celebrating Christmas with my daughters and I was completely alone. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting on the floor of my apartment, like actually contemplating life mm -hmm. and, and really deciding if I could even do it anymore. Um, two years, actually a year and a half prior to this experience, I got the news that my little brother was murdered. Mm -hmm. And two years before that, I found out that my dad had passed away. And so these really big T traumas kept happening in my life. And I realized that in that moment of sitting on my apartment floor, not knowing if I wanted to live, every belief system was freaking rocking me. I literally felt like I was in a boxing match with myself. I was at war with myself. And I threw up my hands and I was bawling my eyes out and I was like, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't want to be here anymore. I am tired. Like I give up, I give up. And it was such a beautiful experience because as I mentioned, I was the only one in that apartment, but I heard a voice that completely shook my core. And it said, if you couldn't find the light, it was time to be the light. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that voice was. I felt really uncomfortable, but I got up and it gave me hope. Like for a moment, it gave me hope. And I went to Google and I was like, how to be happy. Hmm. What I Googled, how to be happy. And I was flooded with information, flooded with blogs, news articles, podcasts, um, YouTube videos. And I stumbled on Tony Robbins, the big guy. Yes, Tony. <laughs> and I fell freaking in love with personal development. I remember using the rest of my savings to buy tickets to Unleash the Power Within. I sold my car to hire my first coach. I did everything that I could because I became obsessed with personal development, mm. 
best. And so I went down the rabbit hole and I learned all of this stuff and I started sharing my experience online on Facebook. People started resonating with my content, resonating with me, and it began to, it, it started forming a passion and purpose for me. And so I remember my first client, I would coach them for four hours a month, once a week, 60 minutes each, four hours a month. And I was only charging $197 a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was like, I'm here for it. Like, I don't even, I, it's, that's the beginnings. <laughs> I believed of myself and my worth, but to be there and knowing my hourly rate now, like well over a thousand dollars, I'm like, wow, I needed to be that version of myself so that I can grow into this person that I am today. Yeah. That's so, so, so powerful. And just again, when we talk and think about the idea of transformation, to know that you have experienced the lowest lows and to know you now, Jamie, on I mean, we could say the complete end, <laughs> opposite end of that spectrum. It's it's truly inspiring to know. I I want to ask along the journey because you mentioned you know the momentum was kind of picking up, like you started falling in love with personal development. I'm I'm rereading The Alchemist, which is one of my favorite books ever, and one of the most I will say just like soul stirring points for me in that book is when he talks about the omens and the clues that are always kind of like guiding you and reassuring you that you're on the right path. So what were some of those things for you along your journey? Was it the receptivity of people resonating with your messaging that gave you hope? Was it, I don't know, anything else, other synchronicities or omens, if we want to use that word? Yeah. I mean, honestly, there were coincidences everywhere. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in divine encounters, but they were everywhere to the point where I couldn't even deny that they were happening in my life. But I will say the the number one thing that changed everything for me was the accountability. I don't feel like if I had the accountability, I would be as far as I am right now. I don't believe that without the support and the proximity of having someone to hold me accountable, that I would be where I'm at. Because with the amount of things that I've endured in my life, I don't think that I would have been strong enough to do what I did in a day had I not had someone holding me accountable. Hmm. And I had the fire and I had the passion because I was a mom, right? Because I had to provide for my family. And that gave me the drive and the passion. But I needed someone to reframe for me constantly because it was it was that highway. It was that emotional highway that I struggled with and believing that I could do it. Yeah. Believing that I was worthy. I remember actually sitting, um, I was also in network marketing at this time. So it took me a while to get comfortable with sharing my story. And I was with a company um, in network marketing. And that's actually how I gained money really quickly so that I could provide for my family when I left with $48 to my name. And so in this company, my mentor, amazing, successful woman, still is, beautiful spirit. I, I owe her so much because of what I've learned through her. And she was the exposure that I needed to personal development as well. And we were sitting at Chick-fil-A. Love it. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. I was eating my little nuggets. And I was telling her, I was like, 
I can't do this. Like, I don't know who you think I am. <laughs> You're, you fucking got me all wrong. <laughs> There's so many happy people in network marketing. I am not happy. This isn't for me. There's no way I can do this. I was giving her all of my baggage, all of my beliefs, just word vomiting that version of who I thought that I was laying it all under the table. And she looks at me with her little waffle fry in her mouth and she goes, you know this look all too familiar so <laughs> like good. yeah but like do you really believe that mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all she said yeah but like do you really believe that and she just looked at me just like huh and it, I just bawled I bawled into my nuggets and my chick-fil-a sauce <laughs> and I was like no, I don't believe it. a simple question like that. <laughs> I sounds like the way that she posed the question was the like she had to have posed that question in that almost like lighthearted, nonchalant way <laughs> to almost reflect back to you like you're being so ridiculous right now, Jane. <laughs> so cute. Like there's no other word I have for it because I'm just telling her everything. Like you guys are full of happy people. I am too young. I'm selling anti-aging products. Like, I can't do this. I'm not good enough for this. Like, there's no way I can ever make this work. Yeah, but like, do you really believe that? Mm -hmm. Just, and it was such a transformative moment for me because my conscious and my unconscious met in that moment. Mm. Like, my body wanted to say, you're not freaking good enough. But the first words that came out of my mouth were, no, I don't believe it. So I saw the disconnect right there in that very moment. And and it was like the faith of a mustard seed. It was that moment of courage. It was that, I, it wasn't me. <laughs> I don't even take responsibility for that moment. Like it really was this moment of God that I feel poured into me. And it was like, no, you're so much more than that. Mm. So much more than that. And you're so much more than what you think even now. Like I still feel to this day, I'm not meeting my potential. Mm. And I'm so much more than that. Yeah. And so that was, that was the moment for me that I, it was just a pinnacle. Like I give so much of my personal development and my growth from that one conversation at Chick-fil-A. Yeah. That's so amazing. I think for me, what makes it even more amazing is knowing that you know, it wasn't like <laughs> this prolific moment of you being in some sort of a cathedral or something. You know, it's like you're yeah. eating Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I'm not doing ayahuasca in freaking. I'm doing ayahuasca, like <laughs> eating God's food at Chick-fil-A and he yes. came for me. Okay. <laughs> I actually think this is so beautiful and it brings up an interesting point, which is that like these realizations that we have in our lives sometimes come from the simplest of moments. And I think like speaking on this whole topic of like coaching and like self-help work, because I feel like, you know, you know, if we want to use that analogy of the pendulum swinging both ways, there's like, there could be a dark side to both. Yeah. And I think for a lot, or at least in my experience in the coaching industry, there's so much of like, you need this or like, you know, like, like selling these big glamorous things of like, and to your point, like you mentioned earlier, um, not insinuating that you're necessarily broken, but there's all these, this messaging that's touting that like, you're not good enough and you need this to fix you. And you need this lofty experience or this retreat where actually <laughs> you are good enough one, 
And two, those realizations could come from just really simple, heartfelt conversations. So thank you for sharing that story because I'll take that as a reminder for myself too. (laughs) In that sometimes the answers just lie in the simplest of things. And it just takes another person, like you were saying, accountability. And when you speak to accountability, I imagine you're you're referring to coaching, like the exchange of paying someone to literally just witness you and hold you to your standard that you yourself sometimes get clouded in seeing. I mean, between that, but sometimes your friendships are even enough, you know, but you have to be able to discern the friendships that are holding you back versus the friendships that are helping propel you forward. Yeah. And so one, always check your proximity. That's why I mentioned proximity is power because your proximity is everything. If you are spending so much time with the people who aren't building you up and who aren't reminding you of your potential, then chances are you are that person who's building other people up and reminding them of their potential, which then leaves you as the smartest person in the room. And if you feel like you're the smartest person in the room, you don't have anywhere to grow into. Yeah. And so a lot of times when people hear that, they're like, well, I am intimidated by going into a different room because then I'll feel inadequate. But that's going to be the fastest place that you grow. Yeah. Where you are rooted in inadequacy because it is going to humble you in your experience and it is going to teach you so much more. And so I always recommend paying for proximity. Yes. But if you have some powerful people in your life, I want you to attach yourself to them, add value, attach yourself and add value and show them that you aren't a leech, but that you are somebody who wants to support them and and raise up with them and, and, um, grow together really yeah I love that I love that so much what has been what's been the most fulfilling part of the work that you do in running your business and working with the humans that you do oh I'm instantly gonna cry (laughs) it's nothing to do with me Mm. just um I've seen people come back from suicide attempts and PTSD and um just watching them find hope has been the most beautiful encounter for me because it makes everything that I've experienced in my life make sense. Um, because there is a level of strength that you have to have to come out on the other side with just joy and peace. So witnessing my clients get to joy and peace has been my greatest accomplishment. And knowing that my kids watch it and my kids have a safe container and a safe mother to go to where they can talk to about anything and they know that they don't get judged for it. When prior to my personal development, I can't promise that I was like that. I was very reactive and, and, and judgmental, but because of it, I feel like I've created a place for people to lie their head and deliver the worst of them and still know that they are safe to be themselves. Yeah. I love that. And you got me so, so stirred. <laughs> We're both um, over here weeping. <laughs> whenever that question is asked, I like have this uncontrollable oh. emotion because I love what I do. I love what I do because I watch people transform before my very eyes. I watch people come into a session with me with only doubt 
and only fear and leave being able to take a deep breath and like surrender. Mm. And it's in the surrender where more resources are able to access us and show us what we're capable of creating and what we're capable of being. And, and to me, I could die today a happy woman. I love that so much. I love that so, so much, Jamie. <laughs> and I just, I will just say, I so inherently just feel and just feel all, all of your emotion and your love and the heart that you pour into this work. Um, I felt it on the first call that we had and I had no idea what you were doing. It's like, what is life coaching? But there was just like a knowing of that this was right. And how beautiful that over our journey together, there was been this beautiful exchange too, that for me came when you approached me for, for your branding support. And it's almost like the roles reversed in that moment where I'm like, oh, Oh my God, here's a moment where I'm coaching my coach. <laughs> and let's talk about intimidation for a second. I was like, oh my God. But in reflecting on our process together with the work that we did, not only was it so deeply fulfilling, but I mean, I can echo your sentiment and just for me, recognizing the the impact and the clarity and all of that, um, that came from our process together. It was like, again, we talk about the reassurance that we're on the right path. It's like, Ooh, that moment for me and those moments with clients for me. And I think for anyone listening, who's in those pockets of doubt, who's like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. It's like paying attention to, to that as an idea, you know, like how are people receiving you? What are the compliments you're getting from people? That's a question I always love to lean into and like resort back to it's, what are people complimenting you on, you know, because oftentimes it's the things that we disregard or we think they're whatever. But if you're constantly hearing the same thing, that's a clue of, oh, I have something to offer here or I'm making an impact here. So, yeah, yeah thank you for sharing all of that. Jane. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I just want to say like that process with you and and having you take the driver's seat and like just watching you do your thing was so amazing. I remember there are parts when you delivered everything at the end that you took me like a journey that you took me on in the beginning that at that point in time you weren't including in the end. And I was like, do you know how beautiful those nuggets were? Like give me <laughs> yes. all of it. Give me all of it. And you were like, oh my gosh, do you, why do you want that? Like I just do this to gain clarity on like who I see you as and how I can pour back into you. I didn't even know that that stuff was like valuable or important. And it was everything like the questions that you ask, the way that you ask them, the, the picture that you paint and the picture that you just want to receive for yourself of that person, the experience that you take people on in your practice. I'm telling you, like, I would pay 10 times over what you charged me in that moment because of the amount of information and tangibles and resources that you delivered, but also how you did it. It was so seamless. It was so effortless. It felt so light. There wasn't any part that felt difficult or heavy or frustrating. Like, 
I, I felt truly like I can give you everything of me mm-hmm. and you just put it together in this beautiful mosaic. Oh. That's how I felt about our experience together. Wow. I, I received that, Jamie. Thank you. And I will just say the process with you after we wrapped up, specifically after you has you had asked that question of like, where are those nuggets? It was a light bulb moment for me. It was truly a light bulb moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the overlooked stuff that actually matters so much. And ever since then, I've completely restructured my process with clients to really lead with that. And we want to talk about, again, just confirmation and there is something to be said about receiving the compliments and the reassurance of like, oh, yes, okay. I felt so much of that from you. I think too, because of that initial intimidation of like, oh my gosh, you know, like this is my coach. But I think it it all goes back to that thing and going back to that Chick-fil-A story of like that question of who do we think we are to do this? And we don't see our own power and potential. And sometimes it does take that other person, that mirror to be like, actually, holy shit, you just knocked it out of the park or to ask a a random question with a waffle fry in their mouth (laughs) for you to realize like, ah, so I think I would, I think I would liken your Chick-fil-A experience to our collaboration together in that moment after we wrapped up and you asked the question of where are these little nuggets? I'm like, oh my God. It was, I I watched the lights turn on in your mind though. And it was like such a beautiful experience because it also goes back to when I said, you need people in your corner who fill your deficits because I couldn't do what you do. Mm. I I am not that aesthetically pleasing, okay? <laughs> my, I'm like a Mod Podge. And you took my Mod Podge and you made it beautiful. And it was freaking amazing. I can't even articulate what I walk people through. Because, yes, I've experienced it. But, like, I don't even know. It's like a blackout. <laughs> <laughs> You're in it. You're in the tunnel. Literally, like I black out. I don't know what I say. I don't know what I do, but there's nuggets in there and I swear it's not from me. And so you, you just took it all and you just made it beautiful. And I was like, I can't do what you do in this way. And so you are like, I see you as like, holy shit. Like you are so good at what you do. I could never. And it's so funny that the roles, you know, are, are reversing in that sense because you are the, the, hero to my deficit Mm. and I love that and I love that I was able to let the lights turn on in your mind to see that because holy crap the stuff that you were leaving off the table I was like I would literally pay you ten thousand dollars for this (laughs) (laughs) please do this right now (laughs) oh my god I appreciate you so much Jamie and just such a testament to our souls coming together for so many magical reasons truly I'm so so grateful for you me too. I'm so grateful for you. Yeah. Well, I have I have my closing questions that I love to end the episode with. But before I do, I want to ask you this one because I've I've genuinely I'm I'm genuinely curious on how do you do it all? Because lately I've been tuning into your Instagram stories and I think you're starting like another fitness program or something. You're a mom of three, you're crushing it in your business. How the heck do you do it all? Hired with a lot of coffee. No. <laughs> yes. And. <laughs> yes. Uh, I hire help. Yeah. So um, I actually moved my mother in and I provided for my mom. 
But in that sense, she provides so much more to me. Mm. So she helps with my children. She helps with the laundry. She helps with cooking. And I'm able to show up in my business more because I have the support. And so it goes back to like my opening thing. You have to be willing to delegate where you can't for a season. It doesn't mean that I'm forever going to have help, but it's been the greatest gift for me because it gives me the allowance to focus on the tasks that I have at hand. I have a team. I have my mother. I have someone who handles all my finances. I just get to operate in my wheelhouse of the things that I enjoy, which is my connections with other people. It's my collaborations. It's my ability to coach. Those are my focal points and everything else. I'm like, I don't care because I'm supported because I've put the systems and the people in place to handle it for me. Like even down to like my dental appointments, I'm like, mom, can you book this dental appointment for me? Here's all of the information that you need. Here's a big note of all of the resources, passwords that you need, go handle it. So I can focus on my zone of genius. We as women have a hard time delegating because we feel like we need to do everything ourselves. But most men delegate everything, Mm. including parenting, (laughs) right? And so we have to get to a point where we don't feel guilty to do what our heart is calling us to do. And because I've done that, it actually allowed me to be a more present mother. Mm. Because I've allowed myself to not focus on getting the kids ready for school in the morning, but to be a present mother with them when they get home from school, after school, it's given me the feeling of being a great mom, still putting my health first, still putting my business as a priority as well, and still being a present parent. So I chunk down on my entire schedule and have color coordinations in my calendar for family, for health, like gym between five in the morning or 5 p.m., outdoor activities for nature, my family, cooking. I love cooking. So even just making that a priority, like I know that if I'm not in the kitchen for making a beautiful lunch or dinner at least five days a week, I feel like I can't access my creativity. Mm. Like getting my hands in my garden, leaving space to just breathe or lie down. Um, And on top of that, simplifying. Yeah, I can't tell you enough how amazing life has been since I've simplified everything. I don't feel like I even need to do all of this social media content because of my ability to create such solid foundation and referral systems that clients still join me even if I'm not crazy on social media. Mm. That's the way that I've built my business. And so I'm always gaining new clients and I'm always gaining momentum But just because people don't see it online, they think otherwise. Mm. But that's how I've built my life. I've built my life to be able to focus on all of the areas of my life and not feel incongruent in doing so. I love that. And talk about just a big permission slip for anyone feeling, for anyone listening and feeling like, again, they have to do it all. I've struggled with this myself. I mean, We were working together when I was at the crossroads of outsourcing and hiring my first designer for help. And it was the scariest thing for me ever. Like hitting that milestone in your business when you're ready to seek support 
is is scary for at least I'll speak for myself. For me, it was, you know, questions around money. How can I afford this? But I think beyond that, there was this interesting um, ah, this interesting kind of block of trust and fear of how can I possibly trust this person to do it just as good as I can. <laughs> and the controller in me, the like hyper masculine energy of like, I want to do it all myself because I know how to do it best. And what an eye opening and just massive learning lesson for me as I've grown and outsourced help in learning that, okay, people can do it just as good as me, plus better. <laughs> My life gets easier. I am make, I'm making more money. <laughs> like it's all, it's, it's such a beautiful equal exchange when you overcome, I would say, the initial fears and limiting beliefs of I can't do this or I don't deserve this or I have to give, I can't receive all of that. But hearing you speak on all of that and especially knowing, hearing how you've optimized and reached this level of optimization in your life and how it fills your cup is, I will just say, for me at least, it's it's inspiring and, and encouraging to to just like embrace that even more, to really go go into that even more. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, like, there's always going to be countless things on our list of to-dos. Countless. And if we just focus on the list of to-dos, we are going to be burnt out every time. Mm -hmm. So as long as you focus on five income-producing activities every single day in your business, you're going to continue to scale and you're going to continue to win. Part two of that, I don't work on any client work until after I've done my own nitty-gritty expanding business work. Mm. I don't even pick up any client work. Like I don't pop on a coaching call. I don't check my Voxer. I don't check my emails until I've done my income producing activities, like my follow-up messages, my, my new connections, my um, responding to DMs in terms of like people who want to join the business sending happy birthdays. I also consider part of it too, because you're building a new relationship with a new person. I don't touch client work until I've gotten the me work done. And that also is my meditation or my workout or my walk or lying on my electromagnetic field mat. Like it's me. Cause without me, I don't have a business without my health, I don't have a business. I don't have anything without my health. I don't have life without health. That is going to keep people from burnout. Focus on you. The client stuff comes after. I love that. I love that. Really good, tangible little takeaways and nuggets for, for people listening. Yeah. Well, let's move into my final three little closing questions. I say little, but they could be deep. Um, the first is, a piece of advice that you would give to someone who is in a position of wanting to either start a business or a new project or a side hustle, but has doubt or fear holding them back. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to your why it has to be greater than any fear and any doubt. So if you don't have a driver to keep you focused in those moments where you are doubting yourself, it's going to be nearly impossible to do any of it. Mm. So you have to associate enough pleasure to why you're doing it and enough pain to why you why you don't do it mm -hmm. so you need to be compelled and pulled forward so i need you to begin to adjust not taking action as a pain and taking action as a pleasure oh that's so good 
so good. Um, okay, question two is, what does purpose mean to you? And do you feel like you're currently living your purpose? Yeah. Um, yes, a thousand percent in living my purpose, but I also feel like there's more. Mm-hmm. You know, purpose for me is the ability to see something. So I'll give you an example of this. Back in the day, before I've done a lot of this personal development, I used to look at someone who's successful and have like a negative feeling. Mm. There was a part of me that was like, oh, must be nice. Or like some people can do it and some people can't. So purpose for me is being able to look at the wildest dreams and know that I deserve it. Mm. Know that I can have that and actually feeling inspired and pulled by someone else's success versus feeling inadequate or not enough or jealous or bitter. And so me living in my purpose and me doing my purpose and me having purpose is knowing that I'm just living full out, period. When did that shift for you, that belief of, or that viewpoint of looking at someone and being jealous versus now looking at people and being inspired? It took work. Honestly, it took work, but I think that the biggest shift was really understanding that if I wanted that, I couldn't hate it. Mm. Like if I wanted the success, it would propel me in the opposite direction if I didn't support that other person becoming successful because it's just a mirror for what's going on inside of you. So if I believed that that person was successful and that meant less about me, then there's no way that I can attract that into my life. And so understanding that other people's success is just, it could be used as momentum for your own success. Like, oh my gosh, try this. Anyone who's listening to this, try this. I dare you. It has been the most transformative part. One of the most transformative parts of my my success when someone celebrates their success online and it's a freaking big goal and you're a part of you is like, what in the actual beep? <laughs> like, how did they do that? They did that much in one month, $500,000 in one month. Are you freaking kidding me? How could they ever, how could I ever is really the question that we're asking. Mm-hmm. But if for a moment you looked at that and you were like, it is neither great and it is neither negative. It just is. And I also am celebrating in this experience with them, for them. It actually is my celebration too. Mm, That's beautiful. It allows you to realize that you are not separate from that experience. And you can utilize somebody else's experience as your experience. And so even for making $1 or $100 or $10,000 or a million dollars, looking at all of it the same and celebrating the $1 just as much as you would the million dollars. Yeah. So good. That is the game changer. So good, Jamie. So good. Okay. My last question to you is what is your favorite memory of home or what does home mean to you? Oh man. Favorite memory of home. Honestly, home is just, for me, it's family. Home is being able to love people exactly where they are and know that like you're still in it together. Mm. And also knowing that you're never alone, even when you feel so alone, even when you are home alone, but knowing that like we're all so connected, even if we don't want to be, we're all still so connected. Like 
those divine encounters where you're thinking about somebody and you look at your phone and they're calling you. Yes. Even if you're by yourself, like you're never fully by yourself. So home is what you make of it and home is what you want of it. What kind of energy do you want in your space? And I'm not talking about a physical location. I am talking about home in here. There have been times, I'll give you a story. Uh, I had this realization maybe six years ago. I was sitting in my brand new home that I just purchased. I left another home. A couple months before that, I had moved again. I was popping around my life saying to myself, I just want to feel at home. I just want to feel at home. None of these feel right for me until I realize that I can move as many times as I need to move. But until I regulate what home feels like inside of me and adjust my nervous system to feel safe within my body, nothing will ever feel at home. Mm. And so home is here first before it is ever a manifestation of that. Yeah, 1000%. I couldn't agree more with that. Oh, Jamie, thank you so much. This was such a magical conversation. Can you share with people where they can find you, how they can work with you? If anyone's curious, how do I work with this magical human? <laughs> it's literally Facebook, Instagram, website is all jamieherena.com, J-A-Y-M-I-E-G-E-R-E-N-A.com. Oh, thank you so, so much, Jamie. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Evelina. It has been such a, a pleasure and just a gift to be in the arena with you again and sharing love and life with you. It, I wouldn't change it for the world. Mm. Mm. So much love for you. Truly, Jamie. <laughs> thank you. Hi again. It's me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully you were able to garner some takeaways and nuggets for your personal home journey. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world if you left a rating and review. And if you'd like to connect deeper, find me at Studio Domka on Instagram, where I share content on all things home, of course. <laughs> Sending a big, cozy, homey hug your way, friends. Till next time.